you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here, Move the Sticks. Buck, what's going on, man? Man, not too much. Just kind of putting it together, putting notebook together, just working. Now, lots of lots of uh, stuff to get to today where you're going to be at Chargers practice. Uh, to grab a couple interviews with a couple of guys we really uh, got to know and enjoyed watching in the lead-up to their draft years and Mike Williams and Derwin James and uh, looking forward to uh, letting everybody in on the conversation we had with those two so that's coming up a little bit later on in the episode I guess we could touch on a little bit maybe Pro Bowl surprise Pro Bowl surprises maybe Pro Bowl snubs as well as uh, preview all these games this weekend what do you think yeah man let's get to it I think uh, the Pro Bowl stuff is just fascinating Fascinating. I know isn't that ridiculous some of it's kind of ridiculous kind of but what can you do (laughs) I I did see the uh there was a line from Darius Leonard who did not make the Pro Bowl, uh, despite the fact he leads the NFL in tackles, has seven sacks as an off-the-ball linebacker. Um, and when he was asked about it, he said, that's fine. I guess I have to have 40 tackles this week. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a great it, line. I mean, it is. like, I mean, it's really hard to do. And the thing is, you don't want to go to Twitter. Like, I felt bad because I didn't want to go to Twitter and kind of say, like, hey, this is ridiculous. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, you want to take you shots want, at the guys that made it. Yeah, because you didn't want to. You don't want to like kind of crush them. But man, <laughs> Chris Jones didn't make it. How about that? I mean, Chris Jones would be number two for me in the defensive player of the year. If I if I was voting for defensive player of the year, I'd give it to Aaron Donald and Aaron, and then Chris Jones would be number two on my ballot. Yeah, like he didn't this, make the Pro Bowl. That's unbelievable, man. It really is unbelievable when you think about it, DJ. Like it's kind of crazy. Yeah, there was, it was uh, – yeah. And then some of them, you know, like I, I get ready doing these Charger games, so you study, you dig in and really study some of these guys, and then you see some of these names, and you're like, he made the Pro Bowl? Like, what? Uh, but anyways, I don't want to hear anybody out. But, yeah, it's uh, kind of bizarre. But that's why they have the all-pro team. You know, put some A lot of people put more stock into that once the season's over. Um, writers will put that together, and we'll see who, uh, who lands on that all-pro team. Some of these guys didn't make the Pro Bowl. Have a feeling they'll land uh, on the all-pro team. So, good for them. You want to, uh, before we get to these interviews, Buck, you want to jump in and uh, start ripping through these games? Yeah, let's do it. Redskins at Titans. Uh, To me, for the Redskins in this one, it's a line of scrimmage game. Uh, You've got to find a way to slow down Derrick Henry in this Titans rush attack. I don't know how the Redskins are doing it offensively with the injuries they've had, but somehow they're competitive. Uh, they've kept themselves uh, alive there offensively, but man, this is uh, this is a game. It's all stacked against them on the road against the Titans, playing on a Saturday. Uh, but to me, their front, their defensive front, is is capable. Is more than capable. Uh, that's going to be the challenge. They have to play big on the defensive front. You know, it's funny because I would try and get cute and say like, "Hey, they should do this or whatever." But really, Derrick Henry's been so great the last two games. I think you need to continue to ride him. Man, this dude is hit. <laughs> It's amazing the last couple of oh, weeks just ridiculous. running just running outside. He's run for 400 yards in the last two games. He has 254 of those yards that have been outside the tackle. So when you talk about setting a hard edge, 
The Washington Redskins have to set a hard edge, and it doesn't matter. I'm going to make sure that Derrick Henry gets 20-plus carries just to see if they're good enough to slow him down. He has quickly established himself as kind of the go-to player for their offense, so I'm just going to keep feeding the pig and see where he leads us. Ravens at Chargers. Yeah, I'll be there for uh, Ravens, Chargers, Buck. And to me, the key for the Ravens coming into this game is continue to control the clock. Uh, You know, this is a Chargers offense, even though they've had some injuries. Looks like they probably will get Melvin Gordon back. Uh, It's an explosive group. And to me, the best way to handle that is to keep them off the field and grind out long drives um, and and maintain the football, possess the football. So that comes down to two things, not only being able to run the ball uh, effectively, which they've really done with the Gus Bus there and, and Lamar Jackson, but it's going to be not turning the ball over. Uh, if the Ravens turn the ball over in this one, and as we've talked about previously, get themselves in an early hole, I don't know that they can climb out of it. So uh, that's going to be key. You know, the big thing for the Chargers, if I'm Phillip Rivers, I'm this offense, I want to jump on them early. Uh, we talk about play the game backwards, meaning instead of trying to establish the run to set up the pass, I think the Chargers have to pass early, run late. Jump on them, see if you can get a two-score lead, and then make Lamar Jackson play from behind. Let's see if the Baltimore Ravens offense can catch up. And then when you get into the fourth quarter, they just know how to win in the fourth quarter, but they're 6-1 and one in one-score games. They're 11-1 and one when they lead into the fourth quarter. All of that evidence says jump on top of the Baltimore Ravens and make them come get you in the fourth quarter. Bengals at Browns. Well, look, the season is pretty much over here for the Cincinnati Bengals, but they can go ahead and eliminate the uh, the Cleveland Browns from postseason. It's a look; it's a tough road for Cleveland to get there, but it's still possible. I'm, I've got my eyes on a young guy. I got my eyes on Sam Hubbard, uh, rookie, who you love, Buck, coming out of Ohio State. One of your favorite guys. He's mm-hmm. quietly put together a nice year. He's got six sacks right now. Uh, he's played good football. So I want to see all the talk about the Browns rookies and and all the buzz there. I want to see what happens with this Bengals rookie and Sam Hubbard. You know, I think if you're the Browns, I think it's it's a really a maturity game. Uh, so much was made about Baker Mayfield and the Hugh Jackson exchange after the game. It's a different different circumstance this time. You would think that you can get a better effort from the Bengals. So are the Browns mature enough to handle all that comes with really being a playoff contender? Can Baker Mayfield take care of the ball? Can he get the ball to the playmakers? Better yet, can they get Nick Chubb established? If their offense kind of continues to run to their two best players, which have shown to be the rookies, I think they have a really good chance to get another win under Greg Williams. Buccaneers at Cowboys. Well, I look at this Tampa team. Look, it's it comes down to offensively, can you outscore people? Defensively, they've been a little bit better, uh, but it's not a great group. So can, can you be explosive? Can you put up points? Can you get vertical in the passing game? Uh, difficult to do against the Cowboys secondary that's uh, maybe one of the most improved secondaries in the NFL when you look at what Byron Jones company have done back there. But they're going to get challenged. Tampa will put the ball up and they'll uh, they'll attack. The question is, can they finish it? You know, I think for the Cowboys, it's all about bouncing back on offense. This offense was embarrassed a week ago. They had a tough time moving the ball against the Indianapolis Colts. Couldn't get it done in the red zone. So I think this is a game where they have to get back to the basics and really remember the main thing has to be the main thing. The main thing for me is about Ezekiel Elliott being the guy that kind of sets the table. He has to get as many carries as you can get him. I would like to get him to the 25 carry mark. And then I think Amari Cooper has to have at least 12 to 15 targets 
to have the kind of success that they want to have. If those two guys get going, then it's going to make life easy for number four. And if he is playing well, then I think the Cowboys are tough to beat. I expect their defense to show up, but offensively, Scott Linehan has to do a good job of getting the big three off and running early in the game. Vikings at Lions. Look, pass rush. You know, this pass rush for Minnesota, we saw it get cranked up last week against the Miami Dolphins. Can they crank it up again uh, in this one? I, I think they will. I think their defense is, is really starting to click right now. And this is a team that's kind of just just sneaking their way in, Buck. They're going to sneak their way into the postseason. And I don't know too many people would be fired up to see this defense. And, and the way Dalvin Cook was running last week, it's a dangerous bunch. I think they're going to blow the doors off the Lions in this one. Yeah, for the Lions, I think this is a big game for Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia has gone in and talked to the Lions about being a tougher squad. All of the things that he did uh, throughout the season, practicing outside, doing all of those things, was about toughening them up. Well, now we're going to see, will those guys continue to play when they're out of the mix? If they're out of the postseason contention, will they buy in? Don't necessarily know what's going to happen with Matthew Stafford, but I do know if he's available, you need to still try and figure out what is the best way to get Matt Stafford playing in this offense under the kind of this philosophy that you have. So I want to make sure I take this game and the next game to make sure that Matt Stafford is playing the right way. But unfortunately, he doesn't have enough weapons on the outside to really have a puncher's chance against the Minnesota Vikings. Bills at Patriots. I'll give you a rookie for the Bills here, and it's not the quarterback, Josh Allen. How about Robert Foster, a rookie out of Alabama, who has been a big play guy. He doesn't have a ton of catches. Uh, he's got 19 catches, but, man, last week five for a buck 08 and a touchdown. Uh, and not to mention he's drawn some penalties. Week before that, eight for 104. So he's on a nice little run. Had another 100-yard game earlier against the Jets. So he's put together a couple really nice performances. Uh, somebody who kind of got lost in the shuffle there coming out of Alabama, but it's been a heck of a find here uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, he's been a nice find for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen has also been a nice um, pick up for the Bills. I mean, he has been more productive as a runner than we expected, but he's really given this offense some juice. I think for the Patriots, it's about trying to figure out who they are. I mean, like coming off that loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers, too many penalties, too many uh, failed execution things that we normally don't see from the Patriots. This is a clean-it-up game. they got to clean that stuff up against the Buffalo Bills. I want to see Tom Brady be more efficient from the pocket. I want to see them lean on the running game. And then on offense, I need to know who are the playmakers that we can lean on going into the postseason. Is it Rob Gronkowski? Is it Josh Gordon? Julian Edelman looks like he has the drops. The offense has to play much better. I think defensively they have to be fine with the effort from a week ago. I think defensively they'll be fine. Offensively they got to clean it up. I need to see a better effort against the Buffalo Bills. Packers at Jets. I'm looking at this Packers defense in this one under Mike Pettin, uh, who I think is a really, really good defensive mind and could be potentially auditioning for the next head coach there in terms of who that's going to be. Can he stick around um, and keep him in place? You get a chance to go up against a young rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold who, um, you know, look, he's he played better coming off that injury. He saw his ability to sit on the sidelines, and uh, I think that benefited him. Um, but when you've got a veteran defensive coordinator, smart guy like Mike Pettin, can he confuse the young quarterback and can this Packers secondary uh, make some plays on the football? I think this is a nice audition here for Mike Pettin. Yeah, Mike Pettin is under the gun. He has to make some plays. Um, everyone is auditioning for a job. You don't know what direction the Packers are going to go when it comes to the head shirt. Head coaching job, is it going to be an offensive mind, a defensive mind? Mike Pettin can make it easier for them to have an offensive mind if he does a good job the last couple of weeks. I think for the New York Jets, 
I don't know if Ty Bowles is going to be the coach uh, next season, but I do know that Sam Darnold is going to be the franchise quarterback. The thing that the Jets can do is continue to let Sam Darnold show the football world what he can do, take notes of what he's able to do as a playmaker from the pocket, then build the rest of the team around him. We have seen that even with just his mere presence on the field, his playmaking ability, he makes that offense better. Let him continue to run around and make plays and then find a way to get him the necessary pieces in year two so he can have that sophomore jump. Ooh, and he's not hot. Texans at Eagles. I feel like I say the same thing with this Texans group uh, every week, Buck, and that's the offensive line has got to do a better job of protecting Deshaun Watson. And this week they're going up against as hot of a pass rush in the front as you're going to see in the NFL the way this Eagles group has been playing I don't like this matchup on paper, looking at this Texans offensive line going up on the road to take on an Eagles group. Yeah, it's tough. Um, That front line from the Eagles has played well. And they play differently with Nick Foles for whatever reason. I don't know why they play so well against the Rams with Nick Foles there. Uh, But maybe just maybe the Eagles sense that if they can just sneak into the tournament, they can do some damage. So to me, this is about Nick Foles continuing to be uh, at his best. Doug Peterson running some of the RPOs, make sure Alshon Jeffrey is involved. See if you can get Golden Tate in the mix on some of the bubble screen games. And then really utilize Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles has been a big get a nice kind of addition to the offense since he's come back from injury. Use Darren Sproles. Let him be the runner, the playmaker. He has given him a little juice. Continue to ride the old man. Allow Nick Foles to have all the complimentary weapons, and I think they can get a win. Falcons at Panthers. Uh, what a disappointing season here for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, really Panthers, too. Kind of a disappointment bowl here with two talented football teams, but no Cam Newton in this game. Falcons have got to find a way to get some pressure. Got to find a way to get some pressure and generate some turnovers. There's no way without Cam Newton, uh, even though they're on the road, there's no way the Falcons should lose this football game. Uh, but their defense has to step up and get after it. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Cam Newton not being available, I man, I just don't know how the Carolina Panthers can, can get a win. I don't know what your approach Heineke is. Action. Yeah, I mean, you have Heineken at, at quarterback, and I mean, I don't know what he's in your plans for in terms of like he's a QB too, but what do you do with this team? I think Ron Rivera and everyone is on notice, front office, everybody. You have a new owner in place. They have dropped, what, five, six, seven games in a row. They're Not nailed. good. I mean, they're out of the playoffs. Everyone is on notice. I think this has to be Ron Rivera's best coaching job. If he wants to kind of take himself off the hot seat or potentially being in jeopardy of losing his role, his spot as the head coach, he has to make sure that these guys play even though they don't have nothing to play for. I think this has to be a game where Ron Rivera kind of digs into the motivational uh, bucket and finds something to get these guys going to play against a team that, you know, they should knock off. Giants at Colts. Giants got a chance to uh, play spoiler here at the Colts, and my eyes will be on the rookie running back, Saquon Barkley, made the Pro Bowl. Uh, I believe he's the first, uh, first since 1965, and somewhere in the 60s there, uh, rookie running back there, first Giants rookie. Uh, going back to the 60s. So a uh, very cool accomplishment there for him. Uh, I, I look for him to kind of just remind everybody why he deserves to be the rookie of the year, Buck. I, I don't think they're going to be able to get this done at the Colts, but I think you're going to see some splash plays from Saquon Barkley as we do every week. Yeah, for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, defensively, they kind of serve notice to the National Football League that they are a defensive unit to be feared. They're only giving up 15 points a game in the last eight contests. And really, when I popped in the tape, it's nothing that they're doing from a schematic standpoint. They just play hard. They're physical. They run to the ball, and they find a way to punch it out. 
they're going to need to do those kind of things to stop Saquon Barkley and put the game on Eli Manning's shoulders, make Eli be the reason that the New York Giants win. We've seen it. We don't think he can get it done. I think the Indianapolis Colts need to make sure that 26 is a non-factor, make the game run through number 10. I just don't believe he can win it on his own. Jaguars at Dolphins. Well, I'm just looking for some caffeine. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> to stay awake during this just game? Try and stay awake and watch this thing. I don't know if too many people are going to be flipping over uh, to watch the Jags and Dolphins tussle here. Uh, but, man, can can they throw for more than 60 yards with Jacksonville? I mean, show some competitive fire. And uh, I mean, they got to help it, Cody Kessler out. 57 yards, Buck. they got to help I him just, out. Oy. Yeah, help there's him out. not. I mean, I love football as much as the next <laughs> guy. I don't think I'll be watching much of this one, buddy. Uh Jacksonville Jaguars, everyone is on notice. Doug Marone to every player on the roster. I know you got some plural players on defense, but I think we're going to see a, a new uh, revamped team coming back in 2019. So because everyone is on notice, everyone has to step up their game. Offensively, who are you? What are you? This is a team that was supposed to be built to kind of grind it out and play smash mouth. Injuries along the offensive line kind of prevented you from doing it. But my eyes are on Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was taken high in the draft. He's supposed to be able to put this offense on his back, and he hasn't lived up to expectation this season. Uh, he needs to play well because they cannot depend on Cody Kessler to be a guy that throws for 300-plus yards and for them to win the game. Ooh, and he's not hot. Rams at Cardinals. Were you a chunky peanut butter guy growing up at all? I mean, I like chunky peanut butter. I like to kind of feel all of that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with chunky peanut butter. Every now and then you get a little uh, – uh, what do you call those things in your mouth? Uh, like little uh, little nugget, little nugget in your mouth. Yeah, Can't get it out. Kind of sticks. Yeah, kind of stuck up like, in your molar. Yeah, it could be a bad situation there. But needless to say, here chunk is the word I'm looking for here with the uh, with the ramp. Chunky, the old chunky here. We need chunky runs, chunky throws. Let's get some explosive plays back in this offense. I think it starts working off that run game. Hopefully, Todd Gurley. Uh, we'll see him. You know, battling through an injury, he'll be out there at 100 percent or close to it. And you get that run game going and then go over the top because they have not been getting the chunk plays they need in this offense that we saw earlier in the year. And the Cardinals should be just the opponent to get that fixed. Oh, man, I think this is one where you come out after Jerry Goff. Jerry Goff is struggling. He's searching for some confidence. Sean McVay even looks like he's lost a little confidence in himself when it comes to calling the game. They haven't had answers the last couple of weeks. This offense has kind of been ground to a halt. You may not have Ty Gurley at four strength, so you may not be able to run the ball. Your quarterback is struggling off drop back, and you really haven't done a lot of play action. Where does Sean McVay find the answers? If I'm the Cardinals, I am making it miserable for them. I'm going to load up, put eight in the box. I'm going to come after Jerry Goff. Jerry Goff has changed ever since he started to get hit consistently. I'm Steve Wilkes, and those guys, I have to dial up the pressure. I have to see if Jerry Goff can still win the game on the strength of his right arm. Bears at 49ers. I'm looking forward to watching the law firm of Smith, Floyd, and Mack in this one, Buck, that uh, that front for the Chicago Bears. It'll be a difficult offense to go up against when you're talking about the 49ers. I know they don't have all their stars out there. No Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Mullen's done a nice job, and that's a difficult offense to defend. All that zone running and the boots off that. Uh, you got to be disciplined, and uh, I think this group will be. We know they're physical. We know they're athletic. I think they get to show off how disciplined they are in this one. I don't know. They spent a lot of time, like, uh, Sunday after the game, hanging in club dub, just running <laughs> around, a, bouncing it was around. open, extended disco, hours. Yeah, disco was playing. I, I don't know if they can kind of settle down and return back to life. If I'm Kyle Shanahan, I want to continue to do a great job with Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins has been a nice 
fine for them. He's played really, really well at the quarterback position. I know that it's schemed up well for him to have a lot of success. But, look, the way that he's playing, the way that he's finding the tight end, particularly George Kittle, I like how the San Francisco 49ers are operating this offense. And so I know the Bears' defense is tough. I know their front seven is really dynamite with Khalil Mack and others kind of coming after it. But, I mean, I like this mixed direction game. I think if they can jump out early, put the Bears in a situation where they have to lean on Mitch Trubisky instead of leaning on the defense, let's see if the number two overall pick from last season's draft is capable of orchestrating some comeback wins, jump out fast, really get after him on the script. It's all on Kyle Shanahan to come up with a great game plan to get it done. Steelers at Saints. A couple things here for the Steelers. First of all, Ben Roethlisberger, they were able to get a win last week over the Patriots with two turnovers from Ben. You cannot turn the ball over on the road in the dome and think you're going to beat the Saints. You just can't do it. you got to play clean football. And then the other thing I would look at, this offensive line for the Steelers, one of the best in the league, going up against the Saints defensive front, one of the best in the league. Uh, Steelers got to be able to run the ball. Got to be able to run the ball a little bit. If they can run it a little bit, I think they'll have some opportunities down the field. Uh, but that Saints front is tough to run on. So that's where I'll be keeping an eye on the trenches. And Ben has got to keep a clean sheet. You know, it's funny because everyone is excited about Pittsburgh finding a running back evidently in Jalen Samuels. But when you look at the game, the Patriots conceded a lot of rushing yards because they were really focused on Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown. If I'm the New Orleans Saints, I still want to follow that model because I saw the Pittsburgh Steelers only score 17 points. I want to make James Conner, Jalen Samuels, I want to make those guys prove to me that they can go back and get another 100 yards and that the Pittsburgh Steelers are committed to run. Offensively, I know they can score points. I know the Saints can run the ball. I know they can get it going with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. you got Drew Brees who's going to attack the seams. But defensively, make this a game where Ben Roethlisberger has to chase points. The more that he throws, the more the odds go up that he's going to turn it over. I just think it's all about containing the explosives, not letting those guys on the outside uh, run away. Make Ben Roethlisberger have to put together some drives. If he has to do that, I think he throws a couple to the Saints defenders. Chiefs at Seahawks. Well, look, we know all about the Kansas City offense um, coming off their most disappointing game of the season against the Chargers, but they've had a couple extra days to get ready for this one on the road against the Seahawks. And, uh, Buck, when I when I look at this team, I, I look at the defense for the Chiefs and their ability to get off the field on third down because Seattle, they're going to run out there with George Fant with those six offensive linemen. They're going to try and run the ball. They're going to try and control the clock. They're going to try and keep Pat Mahomes and company off the field, they're going to find themselves, trust me, in this game there's going to be several third and three, third and two, third and four, uh, and this Chiefs defense has just got to find a way to get some stops and get off the field, get their offense back out there. I think third down is going to be huge uh, in this game because if they have possessions, if the Chiefs have a full allotment of possessions, they're going to score points. I don't care where they're playing or who they're playing. There's too much firepower. The key for the Seahawks, I think, is can they limit those possessions, and that's where the third downs come in. Yeah, for the Seattle Seahawks, it has to be more than the running game. The running game has been fantastic. They're running over 50% of their snaps. They're having a lot of success. Number one ranked rushing attack. But for them to score points, it has to be through the air. Uh, Russell Wilson has kind of been up and down. People haven't really talked about uh, the last couple of weeks. He's had a couple of turnovers. He hasn't been able to really light it up the way that you would expect a veteran quarterback uh, of his caliber to be able to do it. And so it's about trying to get him on track while still staying true to the identity. Sure, you want to run the ball. You want to control the game against the Chiefs. But for them to score, it has to be on Russell Wilson finding Doug Baldwin and the other weapons that they have on the perimeter. Ooh, and he's not hot. 
Broncos at Raiders. Well, this is a point that you alerted to me too. I don't know if you did it on air if we were talking on the phone the other night, but you were talking about Philip Lindsay. And uh, look, congratulations. That's such a great story. Happy for him. We enjoyed visiting with him at uh, Pac-12 Media Day last year. Great kid and uh, awesome that he's going to get a chance to go to the Pro Bowl. But the last two weeks, two losses for the Denver Broncos hasn't done anything, Buck. Uh, I think under 35 yards rushing each of the last two games, losses to the 49ers and to the Browns. They've got to get a better performance uh, from him in this one against the Oakland Raiders. And I don't know how motivated this Raiders team is going to be. I think this Broncos team should be motivated, trying to fight uh, for your head coach's life here. They're 6-8 and eight right now. Can they somehow find a way? Uh, win this game, and then I think it sets up for that last game of the year, especially if the Chargers have something to play for and you knock off the Chargers. Uh, maybe Vance Joseph saves his job. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think I'm going to focus on the other side. Uh, for John Gruden, <laughs> is about continue to build momentum. Build momentum on a springboard into 2019. You have a lot of new faces that are going to be on this roster next season. You're trying to figure out who are the guys that I can count as my nucleus? Who do I like? Who do I feel good about? Who would I feel like is really buying into the program? These next two games will show who is still committed to being great in the silver and black. There you go. Uh, made it through all the games there. Looking forward to a fun weekend starting on Saturday with those two games, Redskins, Titans, Ravens, Chargers. Uh, should be a lot of fun. And speaking of those Chargers, went out to, uh, to Chargers practice. Got a chance to catch up with two of the Real bright young stars in the National Football League. All right, Buck, we're here with uh, our good buddy here, Derwin James, <laughs> who we go back with. First of all, you knew him all the way going back to high school. Yeah. Look, and he has been the same guy the entire way. Like, <laughs> Derwin, the thing that has always impressed me is, like, your love for the game. Yeah. Uh, how do you maintain that now that you're a professional? Well, just coming out with that mindset that it can be taken from you any day. I mean, every day is not promised. You know, I come with the mindset every day, you know, if this is my last rep, this is my last practice, you know, I want to – I want to make sure I, I gave it my all. So, you know, I just take that mindset, just just carry it over with me for the last couple of years. We go back to the draft. I mean, it, we were kind of sitting there going, what the heck? You know, what's going on here? What was going through your mind? Same thing. I was like, what's <laughs> going on? I was like, what did I do wrong? I mean, I, I never been in any trouble, never, never, never did anything wrong. I mean, my tape was pretty solid, so I was like, I don't know. What, what, what was that big uh, adjustment period when you got to the NFL? Obviously, Florida State, you play with so many great players on great teams, but that NFL moment, maybe was you look you look across the rivers or what? What was that moment? Where you're like, okay, this is a little different. Oh man, I say it was. Um, I say it's probably week one um, when we play against Kansas City, and you know you playing against Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Mahomes, and all those guys. And then back in um, preseason, we was practicing against Drew Brees. That was that <laughs> felt that felt real. Like I knew I knew I was in the NFL. And just going uh, when, when they came and did a joint practice with us, just those two three days with him, and then playing him in the preseason. I mean, it felt it felt real. I, I knew I was you know competing against the best. So for young players, the biggest thing is really adjusting to the speed and the intensity of the game. Yeah. When did you feel like this season the game kind of slowed down for you and you could start making plays? Uh, it kind of slowed down like mid-season, like the San Francisco game. It was getting way a lot slower, and I say like mid-season it was really slowing down for me. I was able to make plays early, but it was like really slowing down. What What is your week for you? For people who don't know, like what's the week consist of in terms of the work you're doing, not just here at the facility, but but kind of off campus to get yourself ready to play a game. Uh, body work, always making sure my body's on top because I feel like if, if your body not 100%, you can't perform at your best. So you know, I try to take care of my body, then just stand on top of my film, um, doing extra time with some of. Uh, Adrian Phillips, we do a lot of time watching film together. And then, like I said, just getting ready to play, get my mind ready to play, so it's not too much. To that point, you talk about film study and watching, like for like the young guys, the college players that think about making the jump to the National Football League, 
How much different is it, the preparation part, in terms of being a pro, as it was for you as a college player? Because in college, I thought I was really watching film. I thought I, I knew how to you know, watch film and study, but in the league, it's more detail. It's, it's more in the depth. And um, like I said, you got to really focus on the details of it. It's not just seeing the big picture, okay, this, he threw a touchdown right here. You got to really see, okay, what did he look at first, what did he do? So it's a, it's a lot different, more mechanics in football. Talking about the film, I, I want to actually show you a play here, because this okay. is uh, from the Pittsburgh game. Okay. And just kind of walk us through what you were seeing here, Buck. This is a play against Antonio Brown. Yeah. What your kind of coverage pre-snap, uh, what you see? Uh, it was cover two. Uh, we knew it was cover two. I knew I had A-B down there. Um, I knew my corner was doing a great job of, you know, giving me a reroute. And I, we knew that Ben and A-B, they like that connection right on the, the edge of the sideline. So, you know, I was just trying to get over there and, you know, make a play make a play on him without getting a penalty. And um, like I say, make sure he felt felt it at the same time. How difficult is it with the strike zone now? I mean, uh, it's kind of tough because sometimes, you know, the strike zone may be what you're aiming for, but they may lower their strike zone. So now it looks like you're going high, but you already about to hit them. And then once they go low, it look like you helmet to helmet. So that's the kind of thing you got to, you know, you got to navigate because all right, how low is he going to get? So it's like, so you got 0.1 seconds to do it though, but I mean. So now you're in the exciting part of the season because people always tell you that the speed and the intensity of the game yeah. gets a little faster, it's a little more intense. Now we're in the playoff run. Have you noticed the game is a little more intense? The urgency is a little different when you're playing? Yeah, the urgency more, you could tell by how the coaches are kind of, and um, you could tell by the teams that we've been playing. I mean, going into Pittsburgh and going into Kansas City, those are like playoff teams or playoff environments. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. One of the last questions I want to hit you with is, I actually went back and watched Louisville. Yeah. Now, you didn't. two years ago, you didn't play in that game, yeah. right, when Lamar, I was like his Heisman moment. Yeah. <laughs> but last year, you see on a film out mm -hmm. there, and, and Louisville found a way to get a, a close win there. But what can you learn from playing against a guy in college and then turn around and prepare for him and play in the NFL? kind of know some of his moves, but I mean, he, of course, he's going to switch it up. I know some of his moves that he liked, but um, like I said, he's a great player. He's he fun to play against. Electric Does player. he talk at all out there? Yeah, he talks to me sometimes, but it's not really trash talk. It's like, you know, it's just respect, you know what I'm saying? So, like I said, I'd be happy. I'd, it'll be an exciting game this year. Um, I'm, I'm kind of good. I'm good with everything. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say, like, the Pro Bowl stuff and being yeah. um, nominated and things like that, is that something that you really can even dream about as a rookie? I mean, I, I had goals, you know, every interview, I went in with every team that I interviewed with. I told them, you know, my first year I wanted to be an all-pro, wanted to come in and earn a starting job, and just, you know, how to become a professional. Um, and like I said, I, I feel like I'm on the right track. And um, like I said, I'm not settled, I'm not happy. And I feel like that was expected, you know, to make the Pro Bowl. You know, I, I held myself to a certain standard, and I feel like that was expected. So, you know, I'm just trying to get better. Last one, I'll let you run. Are you having as much fun as it looks like out there? Oh, yeah, there? this shit's so fun, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun, man, especially with the guys that we have and the coaches and the players we have in our locker room. It's really like no other locker room I've ever been in, and it's, it's, it's really, like, genuine. Like, it's really fun, man. I hear you. Well, best of luck, man. Finish up strong. All right, thank you, man. Right. Thank you all. For sure, man. All right, Buck, excited to be joining by our, our friend here, Mike Williams. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm good. How y'all doing? Good to see you, good man. Good to see y'all, too. Appreciate it. How, how has life been since uh, since the game against Kansas City? Because there's been a lot yeah. of attention that's come your way. Well, there's been a lot of people hitting me up. You know, there's been a lot of uh, good vibes. I mean, that's what I would say. Uh, just great moment. Just enjoying the moment. Just played a great game. You know, we get a lot of attention after that. It was a Thursday night game, prime time. So just enjoying the moment. You know, that's the main thing. 
So talk about that journey. Obviously, your second year in the National Football League, now you're beginning to kind of show people how special yeah. you are. How tough has the journey been coming from Clemson to finally being able to star for the LA Chargers? Well, being at Clemson, we played in a lot of tough games, a lot of competitive games, a lot of uh, great atmosphere games. So I, get, I guess it uh, prepared me for this moment, you know, uh, just coming in my first year, not having the year I wanted to have, not coming out here, having a great camp uh, this fall, uh, OTAs, and just having a pretty good season. You know, everything falling in place. You just got to keep it going. That's tough, make it, making that transition. Even you're at the highest level at Clemson, coming yeah. to the National Football League, it's a little bit different. What, yeah. was, what was that one adjustment for you? Like, what, what change did you have to make in your game to kind of, kind of acclimate yourself? Well, first, it was uh, basically me getting healthy. That was the main thing coming out of uh, college. You know, I hurt my back training. So the first thing was just me getting healthy. So this offseason, I took the full initiative just to get healthy first, you know, just to be available for all the games for my team this year and the, the rest of happened itself. Obviously, you play opposite a great wide receiver in Keenan Allen. Are there anything that you can steal from his game or things that you see him do that you kind of add to your game to help you go to another level? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing that I wanted to get better at when coming into the NFL was route runners. Uh, I feel like he's one of the best route runners in this league. So I just look at how he attack each uh, defender. It don't matter the coverage, just how he attack defenses is just what I wanted to learn from him. So I got with him, look at film, you know, just trying to get better every day with my game. When you uh, kind of peel back the curtain for people who want to kind of know what goes on during the week, you guys are putting in the game plan during the week. Do you kind of know, okay, there's about three or four calls here that yeah. are kind of mic calls, yeah. and you kind of know going to the game, you're just kind of waiting for that one to get called. Is that is that how it goes yeah, down? Yeah, for sure. I mean, every game you have a game plan. You know the type of shots that can come your way. You know the plays that can come your way. So you uh, wait on them. Sometimes some of them will get called. You'd be a little bit sad. But <laughs> for the most part, you get the plays that come your way, though. You know, for young players, there's a moment where the game kind of slows down and you can kind of see the game yeah. coming to you in slow motion. When did you have that moment? When did you have the epiphany like, okay, I understand where I'm at. Now I can start to dominate the game like I did in college. Well, was, I'll probably say uh, camp. My first fall camp, well, first full fall camp, uh, just coming in this for this season, I say it slowed down a lot. You know, just getting the reps, getting with the quarterbacks, making a lot of plays, everything started to move a little slower. And then starting with the preseason games, you know, just getting into real game situations, uh, playing in the games, everything just started moving a little bit slower. So that's when I realized, like, hey, I'm capable of doing this, you know, body feeling good, just ready to go out there and compete. Yeah, definitely capable when you're showing that on the field. Dur during the week of film study, um, are you focusing more on terms of what they're doing coverage-wise? Are you focusing more on individual players in terms of how you can attack an individual corner? Well, I look at uh, both. I feel like uh, they have different styles of corners. You know, last week, Kansas City, uh, smaller guys than Baltimore this week. Uh, Baltimore, big physical receivers want to get their hands on you, be aggressive. So we got to uh, work different techniques with those guys. So I look at uh, both styles. I'm, I'm glad you said that, because I, I want to put them to the test. <laughs> I'm talking about Kansas City, so I got to play here. Uh, which is a, it's a big play. You're, you're touched down here on the corner. Why don't you just walk me through what you see before the snap here and uh, walk me through your route. Well, before the snap, it looked like they were trying to, whoever go in, the inside dude would take him, whoever go out, the outside dude would take him. So they was trying to play a lot coverage. Uh, I took a slightly inside release, then went back out, uh, had great leverage on the corner, uh, feel, put the ball where it needed to be. A smaller DB, just a big receiver going to make a play. Pre-snap, you, you got a pretty good idea where this ball's coming to? Oh yeah, for sure. Once I seen, uh, when I took the release, I had great leverage. Uh, just needed the opportunity to go get it. And it had a little uh, jump there at the end for to, sure. to, to go celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, bud. No, so I, I'm, I'm going to go all the way back to your collegiate years because obviously you played at Clemson and Clemson has kind of become 
wide receiver you with you yeah. and Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, your experience there, what did you learn from those guys that have kind of come in and out of Death Valley? Well, I played with Sammy and uh, Martavis, Sharon, Adam, uh, just learning how to be a leader, you know, uh, learning how to practice, you know, coming from high school, going to college, you know, uh, I was just always better than everybody around Matt, so <laughs> practicing was easy, but just going to a divisional, uh, divisional one school like Clemson, you know, having great cornerbacks, great mm -hmm. athletes around me, just learning how to practice and compete with those guys, that's the main thing. Okay, so let me, I'm gonna take you, we're gonna stay in college for a minute. So let's just say that you guys are about to play the game and you're about to run down the hill. And as you're running down, the, like right before you run down the hill, you look up and there's an opponent standing down at the bottom of the hill. And he tells you, bring your little tails on down. <laughs> would that motivate you? Would that fire you up a little bit? Yeah, for sure. It I would? Mean, I feel like it's showing a lot of disrespect. Uh, I think somebody done that against us one year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I know somebody that might have done I, it. I might, Carolina Tar Heel. So, so <laughs> the business. Somebody so done that. I, so I, I might we have, beat them pretty bad, too. I might have waved them down the hill just, you know. Beat them pretty like bad. That time, yeah, we, we, we kind of took one that week. but. I felt like it's one of those things that you kind of have to do when you're in Denver. How, how, yeah. how old are you, Mike? 24. He's not old enough to remember Carolina was any good. Uh, <laughs> he's not but we're back, though. We're about to be back. Now. Yeah, I made a few plays on Carolina. Some good times. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you an opportunity right now. I mean, are we going to see? Are we going to get a chance to see Clemson, Alabama one more time? For sure, yeah. I mean, they got to handle their business against Notre Dame first. Uh, You're not worried about Notre Dame. I mean, they undefeated. You What's gotta, Isaac Rochelle? Is, is he talking anything to you? <laughs> nah, he, he's, <laughs> he quiet as a church scared. <laughs> yeah, he know, he know what it is. I mean, we played him uh, my junior year. I was hurt. It was a great game, great yeah. atmosphere. That's they what Bucky tried to reference. He tried to tell me because I said, <laughs> I felt like it was, I, I, said, <laughs> I said, Clemson, There's no, this is not going to be within 10 points. Clemson's going to blow the doors oh, off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bucky goes, no, 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 last year. I'm like, last year? That was like three years ago. What are you talking about? It was, it was like two or three years conversion. ago, yeah. I said, Ronnie Stanley in, in, uh, in a hurricane, and too. It was raining. In a hurricane. In a hurricane. Uh, all right, so then what happens when we get to see Alabama here for the final time? Are you find a way to, Clemson going to find a way to get that done? Yeah, for sure. I feel like both great teams, uh, Tua, you know, he's throwing the ball around. They have some great weapons. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Be careful, maybe post it on the bulletin board. Be careful what you say. Nah, we, we got it. <laughs> he's going to be just fine. He's going to be just fine. All right, last question for you, and then I'll let you run on this one. How many yards head start would Phillip Rivers have to give Deshaun Watson before he would catch him? Like, like if you're going to have a race, like how many yards did, does Phillip have to be ahead before, you know, if they're going to race 100 yards, how many yards oh, ahead does oh, Phillip have no. to start in order to get to the finish line first? This field? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you put Phillip on the 40. I'll probably say. Would Deshaun catch him before he got to the end zone? On the 40? I don't know about 100 the 40. yards? Got to cover 60 yards. Phil got to get it on the 40. <laughs> no pads, no pads. No pads. He got it. If he don't, he's slow. <laughs> he got to get it from the 40. All right, all right, there you go. That's a made for TV event right there. Yeah. All right, Mike. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Well, there you go, Buck. Uh, fun to get out there and uh, get a chance to visit with Mike Williams, Derwin James. Great players and really, really fun guys. Bring a lot of energy to the uh, practice field as well as to the game field for the Chargers and been instrumental in, uh, in really a big year. Uh, for those Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, th those guys are terrific guys, and, like, they should be. They were taken high. They were expected to be guys that would be foundational pieces on a team that has the makings of being a championship squad. I just love the way that both of those guys compete. I like what Duran James has talked about in terms of coming back and doing uh, what he's been able to do. And then Mike Williams kind of bouncing back and really taking over as the number one when Keenan Allen went out. Both guys are 
critical pieces of what I think could be a championship puzzle. I'm excited uh, that we had a chance to talk to them, but even more excited to watch them play down the stretch. Yeah, some big games uh, coming up. We know they're in the postseason. Uh, where will they be, though? Will they have a first-round bye with the number one overall seed, or will they be on the road as the number five seed? That's TBD. We'll find out. Uh, could find out a little bit about it this weekend, depending on what happens in their game with the Ravens as well as the Chiefs game against the Seattle Seahawks. All right, that's going to do it for us today on Move the Sticks. Appreciate you guys checking us out, uh, listening to it. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving us those reviews. We always appreciate those on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Until next time, we'll see you right here on Move the Sticks. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.